Happy Friday. I'm Quinn Emmett, and this is Important Not Important, science for people who give a shit. This newsletter features the most important science news, how to think about it, and what the hell you can do about it. Hit subscribe right now to get this newsletter every Friday, plus my conversations with the world's smartest people on Mondays. You can find the email version and links to everything at newsletter.importantnotimportant.com, and the link is also right in your show notes. You can also support our work and get further ahead by becoming a member. Members get exclusive essays, monthly live AMAs with special guests, and access to our brand new digital community, and it's all more affordable than ever. Visit newsletter.importantnotimportant.com to become a member today. It is July 8th, 2022. Here's the week summarized. What's a chief heat officer and why the hell do we need them? Fixing schools in the time of COVID. Why plant-based meat is a massive 80-20 move for the climate and your health. Juul seems to be back, and Google's hiding your sensitive location data. In climate change news, it's getting hot in here, and that means most towns, cities, and states on Earth have, or should have, a brand new job opening. Heap officer. Here's how to understand it. From Kansas to Los Angeles and Canada, from Phoenix and Miami and Athens and San Diego, all the way to tiny Nagla Tulaya in India, and throughout so much of the global south— Extreme heat is increasing in frequency and severity, and local governments are under pressure to act. Now, a vaunted but often complicated and bureaucratic dedication to a whole-of-government approach is increasingly required, but that means having someone to actually lead the effort. In Los Angeles, Marta Segura is working to build early warning systems for heat waves, but also long-term strategies like increasing tree cover in red line or just neglected neighborhoods, painting roofs and roads, installing water foundations and covered bus kiosks, and decarbonizing buildings through updated building codes. Now, that's not sexy stuff, but adaptation really usually isn't. It's baseline stuff. It's what we need to do right now, and it's usually common sense, good neighbor stuff that we should have been doing all along to alleviate inequities. In Miami, that includes establishing a new heat season to build awareness that it's fucking hot out. It means educating pregnant people about heat risks and actually building and providing housing for, in Los Angeles' case, tens of thousands of unhoused people. It means overhauling and funding the OSHA to address the fewer than 1,000 inspectors to monitor some 10 million work sites as we attempt to electrify every building and automobile on the planet. But sure, yes, there are more 2022 things we can do, too, like using connected cars to map heat islands more comprehensively, using satellites to track global tree cover and measure surface temps, and of course, to deploy much more of that cool white paint to reflect heat instead of absorbing it into streets and homes and schools. We can also work in rural areas. We can use solar panels to provide cover for people and crops that might otherwise get scorched and to reduce the pure volume of cows exposed and vulnerable to heat waves. Cows, of course, who are bred for meat and dairy, who over-index on land use, water use, antibiotic use, and methane emissions. Here's what you can do. Direct your city council towards the Heat Action Platform, a project for city officials from the Adrian Arst Rockefeller Foundation Resilience Center. That's a mouthful. They or you can use it to build heat action plans and local policy interventions. In COVID news, here's your vaccine equity update. 
hasn't changed much. Just 20.2% of people in low-income countries have received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine, and 33.3% of people worldwide have received zero doses. Look, science is a process, and the failure to continually communicate that over the past two years has been among our greatest societal own goals. That said, of course, the fuck it, we'll do it live mantra really isn't an enviable corner to be backed into. Whether we're talking about changing a blowout diaper on an airplane, I've been there many times, or heading up a country's pandemic response, which thankfully is not my job. Here's the summary of where we are right now. Look, with the subvariant BA5 straight tearing through a growing number of countries, and with hospitalizations finally rising behind some drastically undercounted cases, Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech and many other labs are testing new universal, uh, or at least bivalent, COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, meanwhile, we can't stop throwing away old ones, Canada just tossed a bunch more, and low-income countries face a very uncertain future as the administrative groups uh, set to give them shots has basically closed down. So BA5 won't be the last subvariant of concern. It is uh, virtually guaranteed at this point to be eventually outcompeted by some younger, fresher upstart with potentially even more immune escape. Will bivalent de vaccines developed today on subvariants from yesterday be more effective, but not effective enough come October? Maybe. But anyway, you shake it. It's still an airborne virus. There's two months-ish left until kids go back to schools, and it's inexplicable to me that we're not spending the hundreds of billions of dollars already allocated and the entire summer retrofitting classrooms and offices and restaurants and subways for ventilation and air cleaning so that whatever variant we're dealing with has a drastically more difficult playing field. We know how well Operation Warp Speed worked. It exceeded every expectation. And aside from the initial vaccine push, we failed to match that effort over the past two years, but the clock continues to tick. And like with planting a tree, the best time to crack nasal mucosal membrane vaccines is fucking yesterday. But the math isn't complicated. It's been in front of us the whole time. We have the ability to save millions of lives and trillions in economic pain, but it will require doing the infrastructure work and seemingly require completely reforming and splitting up the entire FDA, something I've been arguing for a lot this year. Abandoning the fight now isn't an option. It's time to do what's required. Here's what we can do. I'm going to beat this drum until it's actually done. It's summer. It is the single best time for schools to upgrade their ventilation and HVAC, and it's not too late for your school district. There's $122 billion out there waiting to be used for exactly these purposes. Direct your local school board to these White House toolkit to tap those funds and to get to work improving school air quality. The link is right there in the newsletter. In food and water news. So, a new study shows that plant-based meat might be the best climate investment we can make. And, again, see above, it's not much of a surprise, knowing what we know about 80-20 rules and meat's just enormous footprint. From The Guardian, the report from the Boston Consulting Group, BCG, found that for each dollar, investment in improving and scaling up the production of meat and dairy alternatives resulted in three times more greenhouse gas reductions compared with investment in green cement technology, seven times more than green buildings, 
and 11 times more than zero-emission cars. Wow! Investments in the plant-based alternatives to meat deliver this high impact on emissions because of the big difference between the greenhouse gases emitted when producing conventional meat and dairy products and when growing plants. Beef, for example, results in 6 to 30 times more emissions than tofu. Understand it. Look, cooking tofu can be a pain in the ass, but it's really delicious. Here's some great news. We've already probably already reached peak agricultural land use. Check it out in our world and data. That's fucking cool. That's great, too, because industrialized ag is a monstrosity. Sure, it feeds us, but it uses a ton of land and water to feed us mostly shit, much of which we waste, and the stuff we do eat makes us profoundly unhealthy and vulnerable to, I don't know, novel coronaviruses, on top of everything else on a day-to-day, while also on the daily, endangering thousands of workers with zero safety net and contributing just 1% to GDP, but over 10% of emissions. So, methane. Look, it's really important you understand what's going on with methane. It is the biggest chunk of natural fossil gas and is 84 times the warming power of carbon dioxide. And it's just spewing out of gas pipes and all of these huge farms. And now we think that methane is four times more sensitive to global warming than previously thought. And atmospheric levels are increasing at wild rates. But back to the great news. Quitting methane is the biggest lever we have to slow global warming and fast. Here's even more great news. For the low amount of just $110 billion a year, we can do just that. Less great. That's 10 times our current outlay to do it, but we can do it. Here's what we can do. You can actually go deeper on mitigating methane and funding startups around this stuff with friend of the pod, Kim Zhu, co-founder at Climate Tech VC. In health and bio news. Okay. Remember like two weeks ago when I wrote about the FDA banning jewel vapes? Get a load of this from STAT. Tuesday evening, the Food and Drug Administration announced it was giving Juul's application for its vaping products a second look because of scientific issues that warrant additional review. Senator Dick Durbin, a prominent critic of vaping companies, called the move a sign of ongoing incompetence and a deeply disappointing failure on a part of the FDA. Here's how to understand it. Look, of course, immediately following the ban, Juul sued the FDA and claimed the FDA missed nearly... 6,000 pages of toxicology data that the company submitted as part of its application. Whether or not that's true, and whether or not I think that companies that intentionally poison children should be shot into space, I do, it's clear that in 2022, a combined food and drug administration is incapable of doing either job in a world where both of those systems are fundamentally broken and barely administered at all. Here's what we can do. Join the campaign for tobacco-free kids and fight to reduce tobacco use and its deadly consequences in the United States and around the world. In beep-boop news, so continuing our focus on data privacy regarding location and now abortion and how they're combined, Google announced this week they will start removing abortion clinic visits and other particularly personal facilities like fertility centers and weight loss clinics from users' location history. I have questions. First, not a question, but obviously, location data shouldn't be collected at all, much less sold every day 
on a nearly unregulated marketplace, something Google is being sued for as we speak. Second, as any job applicant or a teenager can tell you, the absence of data is data. For instance, Tina's mom said you didn't spend the night at her house last night, so where were you two, and why do you reek of bottom-shelf vodka? Third, and this shouldn't shock you, but all this does is imply that Google has what is probably a fucking enormous data set of sensitive locations. So, do with that as you will. Look, self-defense used to mean something different. But in 2022, many of the same marginalized groups who have spent so long protecting their physical bodies, their identities, their medical histories, and their locations are in even more danger than they were before, where they are suddenly as required to wipe their digital histories as they are to still thread their keys through their knuckles or plead with governments to finally close boyfriend loopholes for guns. Technology companies, monopolies or no, however answerable to boards and shareholders, now stand in for these gerontocratic governments unable or unwilling to protect people from harm. And that's where end-to-end -end encryption, and it's frankly eerily similar comparisons to Second Amendment rights, comes in. From Wired Magazine, beyond end-to-end -end encryption's ability to protect people from their government, police, and prosecutors, it also protects them from other people who seek to enact harm, be they criminal hackers or violent extremists. While equating encryption to a weapon misconstrues its function, it's much more shield than sword, these defenses remain the most powerful tool people everywhere have to protect their digital privacy. And a clear parallel can be drawn to the fervor with which gun advocates embrace their right to bear arms. What's certain is that millions of people who had nothing to hide before the Supreme Court's June 24th decision now face the prospect of potential targeting, surveillance, and even prison over their reproductive health. And comprehensive encryption will be essential to their self-defense. Look, here's what you can do, what we can do, what we can all do, but which obviously some of us need to do much more than others. No software is immune to hacking, but there's better than standard options for protecting your privacy online, including Signal for messaging, Molvad for VPNs, and Proton for email. Spread the word safely. Here's 10 things from my notebook. Presbyterians are divesting from some oil companies, including Exxon. COVID reinfections are, one, more likely than ever, two, less severe in isolation, but three, still cumulatively not great, Bob. Volkswagen will spend $20 billion to build its own batteries eventually. When kids imagine our climate future, the possibilities are, not surprisingly, endless. We found a way to make AI research much more energy efficient. California has decided to ban single-use plastics and start making their own insulin. Your natural gas stove and fireplace are really pretty, pretty toxic. We might actually have an inkling about COVID brain fog. We should probably study menstrual blood. And there are some awesome new family cargo bikes available now. That's the news for this week. Hit subscribe to get next week's news and tips straight to your feed. To go deeper, of course, visit newsletter.importantnotimportant.com. Thanks for being a part of our community. And thanks for giving a shit. Have a great weekend.